Welcome to London Lopate at Large. I'm London Lopate. We're now a year into the COVID-19 pandemic, and although we've learned a lot about the virus, there's still a long way to go before it's brought under control. So we've invited industrial hygienist Monona Russell back to our show to look at what we need to do going forward. She's the president and founder of Arts, Crafts, and Theater Safety, the Health and Safety Officer for Local 829 of Piazzi, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, and the author of Pick Your Poison, How Our Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All. It's published by Wiley. And I'm very pleased to welcome her back to our show now. If you have a question for Monona, we're taking your calls at 212-209-2877. That's 212 212- 209-2877, or you can mail your questions to me at Lope, Leonard Lopate at WBAI.org. Hi, Monona. Welcome back. Uh, hi. I'm glad to be back and in, in, in one piece. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand why. You, you, didn't you recently have a very personal experience with the virus? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, both my husband and I got it. And... Um, yeah, uh, he's 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 being transferred from the hospital to rehab today or tomorrow, depending on when they get a bed. And so he's going to make it. He's 94, and he's going to be okay. He might have to be on oxygen the rest of his life, but Ooh. there's a chance he can even get off oxygen. So he's a tough bird. And I, I, I was lucky. I got the monoclonal antibody infusion, and I was really sick when I got it. And I was the next day I was ready to get up and lick wild hair. Now, you have uh, been studying this disease for the past year, so I can't imagine that you were careless with mask wearing, hand washing, or social distancing. Uh, have you been able yeah. to figure out how you got infected? You, I, yeah, you know, I really do know, I, and I, I can't prove it. You know, you can't always prove these things, but I really know. If you look at where we went, we went nowhere, and the only person we saw at a distance was the delivery person who never had it. So we know it had to come in here and we, and it was not in any food. We, we, we washed everything, you know, I knew when I got in the ambulance with him where we got it because I hadn't been out. I didn't see what was happening on the sidewalk in front of my building. And there is an outdoor restaurant there and at night, they have three big propane heaters, torch heaters. And that drives the air right up the front of our building. Because I thought being on the fifth floor or sixth floor, we can't get it up here. I should have known that you can because there's a, there are some, some Chinese studies that show transmission from building to building like that. And uh, so what was happening is I could smell cigarette smoke occasionally. And I wondered what that was. Well, those people are, are waiting in line or they're standing around and they, they're on the sidewalk wedged in between the built-in outdoor restaurant and the indoor restaurant. And these heaters are driving that air right up past our, our, our building and into our windows. And that's what happened because that's the only, only risk factor we had. So you couldn't have done anything to prevent getting sick, could you? Well, yes, I could have. If I, I, I blame myself because if I, if I would have believed that I could get at that at this distance, I would have reversed the family. I'm a ventilation expert. I got no excuse, really. 
I would have reversed the the, the, the exhaust fan in the um, kitchen that's at the other end of the apartment, put the the apartment under positive pressure, and air would have been going out that window, not in. So I'm perfectly safe now. But, you know, I shut the barn door after the horse got (laughs) There's been a lot of pressure from owners of bars and restaurants to remain open to keep the economy going. Is there any way to do that safely? Because, uh, well, as you, you point out, many of them have created outdoor seating areas, which are were open to the air in the summer, and that was okay, uh, considered yeah, relatively we, safe. Wrong question. Because you can't do anything safely today. You can do things at low risk. But if you're looking for safe, you know, get off the planet. Because <laughs> until this bug is something that you just can't catch, there is no safe place. You could be walking down the street, and, you know, there's some really cool computer studies of where the virus goes when somebody's talking and walking down the street. You don't want to know. So, I mean, it can happen. Does it happen often? No, not outdoors. It really doesn't. But it does happen. So when you have these restaurants, and especially the ones that they've enclosed, you're right back. You've got another little box you're putting people in. And Has anyone studied the airflow in those enclosures? They really, you'd have to look at each one and figure out, you know, what what they're doing. And they're certainly not installing ventilation systems in there. So, you know, we're, we're not really thinking clearly here. Um, a lot of other countries are just, you know, biting the bullet a lot better. And, it, it, and if you really punish people at the beginning, you don't have so much punishment all along. But we keep trying to make it easy on ourselves and it just keeps making it harder and harder. Um, I guess we just have to learn this way. Uh, it, it, we just don't, we don't want to believe that we really have to suffer sometimes <laughs> to, to, to get something like this under control. Well, many people live in apartments over restaurants in New York City. How can they protect, protect themselves from being infected? Not all of them have sophisticated uh, equipment to, uh, to to keep the air moving, and then they're, they're not going to wear a mask all the time in their homes. Well, it wouldn't do any good anyway, um, and not unless they're wearing an N95. Because mm-hmm. it, it, see, uh, when I teach about COVID, what what I do is is I make sure that people understand the difference between cloth and 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 an electorate mask like the N95. The N95 can capture the most difficult size of particles, which is down to 0.3 microns. That is almost impossible for a piece of cloth to do. And that's where a lot of the virus particles end up in terms of their size. And no cloth can stop that. Just period, done, over, finish. So you can stop from getting gobsmacked by somebody's big droplets with those masks, and it does help. But you cannot protect yourself with a piece of cloth. If you could, I mean not. If you could, I, I should get out of the damn business <laughs> because we don't need me. It's, it's just the fact of the matter that if you have everybody in masks, even if they're cloth, you reduce the risk. But if you really want to have no risk, there is only one way, and that is to stop the particles, including those that are 0.3 microns in size. And to do that, you need a NIOSH-certified mask. Just now, that. end of report. 
You've spent decades working on creating proper ventilation for schools, theaters, film locations, and other unusual settings. Has COVID changed yes. your thinking on those issues? Well, this is what's so cool. When it when it, on April fourth, when ASHRAE that does the ordinary ventilation systems, you know those those excuses for ventilation that you see in the ceilings of public buildings and schools and so on. Um, when when they came out with their paper, they essentially said, "Well, go to a hundred percent outdoor air if you can." Hmm. Well, when you do that to an HVAC system, you have turned it into an industrial dilution system, and now you're in my ballpark because I do industrial ventilation. And what we have to do is we have to repurpose the HVAC systems into industrial systems that will dilute the air to the point that they will keep the virus below um, uh, a, a, a high-risk amount. And that is something that I am very qualified to do. So that's why I set up the, the standards for the, the film industry. And um, um, I, I took all of the other papers, you know, the, the American Industrial Hygiene Association paper, the American Conference of Governmental Industrial Hygiene's paper, and ASHRAE's paper, and I sat down with them and I looked at the minimum risk reduction calculations, and I just figured out what you would have to do in an ordinary building in order to at least have, let's say, a 95% risk reduction. And then I set that up as a table, uh, which kind, what, what filters you need, and, and what amount of air changes you need. And it should be possible. And we've done it all over the country, from big arenas and theaters down to trailers, you know, makeup trailers. All of these can be vented. You just have to know what you're doing and sometimes rent some equipment and, and do it. And the, and the schools need to bite that same bullet. And if they have a building that doesn't have an HVAC system, my guess is maybe we should not go there. Mm -hmm. um, and if they have these old natural systems, and some of the schools now are opening up these old ducts that go through the walls and, and to the roof, um, and, and the problem is many of those were not properly insulated. They don't meet today's fire codes. Uh, if, if somebody is restarting the ventilation system, an old natural ventilation system, you want a new fire inspection to look at that exactly. Because under the standards, that th those should be going through a, a fire-rated chase, and they should have uh, dampers on every floor so that you can't just have a fire go from one floor to the other all the way up to the roof. So I'm very worried about some of the things that the schools are doing. Um, I, I want to see some more inspections of those before we find out that we're, we're, we're fighting COVID and, and putting people in fire traps. I wonder about some of the old school buildings. I don't know if it's still open, but uh, the school, the elementary school I went to was actually a converted Civil War hospital in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And uh, not all the rooms had windows. Oh, yeah. We see this all the time. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's a big problem. And a window, fortunately, Ashray came right out and said a window is not a reliable source of ventilation. 
I don't know what they're doing now. The the schools here are saying, oh, yeah, if you just get your windows six inches open, you're done. I got news for you. That's that's, that's bogus. Well, right now. The, the big uh, the big thing that they're uh, talking about now is wearing two masks and in some cases uh, the plastic thing as well. We can't ask everybody in school to do that. Well, no. And, and some people will have, uh, you know, I'm an old person. So, you know, if you put two masks on me, I'm going to be panting pretty good. Um, <laughs> and and I, I do have an N95 that's got a pretty low resistance. And, and when I have to really... Well, I don't need it anymore. Come to think of it, I'm now immune. That'd be right. Um, but uh, <laughs> you but got I was the... wearing an N95 before that. Uh, my now, guess is okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The main thing about the two masks is they increase the the um, efficiency of of the of the first mask primarily by pulling it tight to the face because when you have a lot of space or it's loose or you've got gaps around it. Air doesn't want to go through a filter if it can go around the edges of it and just go through plain old open air space. You know, come on, you know, it doesn't got to go through there. <laughs> so, so what happens is most of the air is going around the mask. But if you wear a second mask that mashes that first one down, then you get better, you get better efficiency. But if that mask is not one of the NIOSH certified ones, you still cannot capture the particles that we're most concerned about. This is Leonard Lopez at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. My guest is industrial hygienist Monona Russell, and we are taking your calls at 212-209-2888. Seven seven, and um, let's take a call. WBAI, you're on the air. Hi, this is Ken from New Jersey. Uh, great show. Um, I want just to touch two questions. One is, um, would you keep saying you, you you go through? I used to work in a cleaning room from, for uh, microchips. You know, making microchips. Where the cleaning room is, where you have yeah. all this air blowing through, and it has to be particulated. Ventilated and all that, but that is an exorbitant amount of money for one. But for two, that's not a virus; that's a particles. So a virus, like, is a totally different beast. And when it lands into your lung or something like that on the way to the filters, I used to have to wear the masks in the whole nine yards. You know what I'm saying? You go through blowers and cleaners. If you're trying to protect a virus, and for one, two masks, one bad enough with your oxygen level inside that mask at 17 percent. Then you double that, and you put in such a strain on your respiratory system, even for young people. I mean, it's actually, actually insane, especially when you have the CDC. I mean, you might as well get a bubble suit at that point. You're doing more damage with a, a, a mask. But the other point is, I wanted to ask you is, with all the profit-driven in this pandemic, between masks that are going for a dollar a piece, I mean, what does a mask cost to make? Five cents? So you make masks mandatory, you're making billions of dollars for the people that invested in masks first. Who was your senators? People like this that moved money when they knew something was coming. It's insane to allow people to capitalize on this pandemic because it's not going to stop. With the vaccines, right. they're just going to keep making more diseases, and you're going to keep buying vaccines, and we're all paying for it. <laughs> it's craziness. Absolute insanity to believe this. We might as well face the dragon and shut down Wuhan and all the other biological weapons facilities. 
It's insane yeah. to bow to this now. We- well, you've made some good points, but you've got a couple of little errors we'll correct, and then you'll be perfect, right? Because a vi- the virus is a particle, and it's a point one two five microns in diameter and on average. Unfortunately, it doesn't go naked, and um, when you talk or you speak or you sing, the particles that come out have a little water, and you don't just make water. You make mucus and other little stuff. So there's crud or gunk that hangs around there. So your, 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 your particles in the, in the main start at about 0.2, 0.3 microns, and then they go all the way up to you know 30 if they're a big gob. Um, but um, it's the ones that are 0.3 to, um, let's say, 10 that are in the respirable range. And those can have a very long life in the air as a particle. So we are dealing with particles. A virus is not a virus and a particle is not a particle. No, they're par- particles. And so you have to deal with them just like you would have would deal with any other particulate and know something about its diameter and its aerodynamics. And uh, so the masks will work very well for the virus. Uh, as for which mask you are so dead on, we should be knee-deep in N95s. There is absolutely no excuse. We should have been immediately repurposed a number of factories. We're talking about a piece of electrolyte cloth and a couple of straps, for God's sakes. This is not a big manufacturing process. We should have had plenty, and then we should have done what we do in my profession. We should fit test and train and certify people for respirator wear so that when they go to work, they are safe. We could make them safe, and that's what we should have been doing. We should have been training workers to wear the N95s, and we should have had N95s up to our necks. And there's no excuse not to. Now we've got people saying that. Well, I said it right at the beginning. But uh, I guess uh, the Trump administration didn't feel that was important. Uh, Thank you so much for your call. Thank you so much for your call. Uh, We have a number of other calls I want to get to. But uh, just before I get to them, what about the new COVID variants uh, that seem to be more easily transmitted? And right now, the, the very scary one, the South African one that uh, seems to be particularly lethal. Are they all pretty much the same size? Yeah, they do seem to be. There doesn't seem to be any kind of RNA change that makes that that it changes their, their their basic size. Uh, what this is is it changes the way they access or their efficiency of accessing the ACE2 receptors. Or some of them, the the, uh, the 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 one that came over here to New York, which was different than the one that was in China, um, that was already a mutation, and it mm-hmm. makes more copies of itself, and and that's why it was actually more infective than the one that started out in China. So they've been they've been um, mutating all along, and they're going to keep right on mutating. Um, and some of the new va- vaccines are going to be better than others at getting them. It's just going to be, it's going to be a crapshoot, and and there isn't any real way of fixing it, as long as people don't really stop this epidemic. And they could if they really hunkered down and didn't didn't transmit it the way they are. But as long as they keep getting it in the amounts that they're going to get it, it's going to keep mutating. 
Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hi, is that me? Yes, yeah. you. Oh, good. Yes. Uh, my question is, in, in, in the absence of availability of the I-95s, is there any do-it-yourself kind of material that one can pick up at a hardware store mm. that you can add to uh, an existing, the regular mask that would uh, confer uh, a similar amount of protection? Anything that, that can be sort of, uh, you know, done on on uh, one's own basis, one's own little... Uh, yeah. And can we add, can I add to that? Can we put ventilation systems in our homes is that a, a possibility isn't that a bit complicated yeah, wouldn't that the, cost a lot the, of money some of the HEPA, yeah some of the HEPA ventilation systems will capture it for you you know the but but you just have to understand that where the air goes into the HEPA there's negative pressure on the other end of it where it goes out is positive pressure and just natural forces cause there to be like a circular pattern around those from negative to positive, you know, actually from positive to negative, and it makes a circle. So you have to know that if you put it in the corner of the room, you're only going to really exchange in that corner of the room. You, you, you sometimes need more than one in a room and so on oh, and so boy. forth because it, 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 it's limited in what it can do. But and where would I even pick one up? If there was a, something we could buy at the hardware store, but there really isn't. Wow. Okay, thank you so much for your call. Did that help? He's gone. Okay. Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Thank you so much for your call. Did that help? <laughs> yeah, we're on delay, by the way. So uh, if you're listening on the radio and waiting to come on the air, you're going to be a bit confused. It's best if you're calling in to stay on the phone. Hi, you're on the air. Waiting to come on the air. Well. I guess I'm going to uh, forget about this call. Should we try another call? Hey, hold on. Okay. We're working on it. Okay. Do we have something? BAI, you're on the air. Yes, hi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I was wondering... The masks that come from Korea that have the number 95 on them, are they effective as well? That's a really interesting story because we didn't have enough uh, N95s that were certified by our National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health here in the state. So they, the Chinese sent over a bunch of KN95s that were really good, and they were immediately given emergency certification status, and they went into hospitals. The problem is that almost as soon as that happened, business people sent phony KN95s over mm -hmm. here that don't meet the certification, and they just flooded the market. There's even hospitals that bought whole bunches of them that don't work. Now, one way you can just immediately separate the wheat from the chaff is that there has to be straps that go over the back of your head and behind your neck, those two straps, because it, those masks have to pull tight. They have to seal to your face. When you see ear loops, you do not have a certified mask. Oh, really? So, yes, the, the ear loops cannot provide enough pressure. That's one of the reasons people are going to the two masks, to try to tighten it up and to push it against your face. 
but the the, the N95s, the the certified ones, they have those straps, and they're supposed to be fit tested. You're supposed to actually have somebody like me come in and fit test you and train you and make sure that you have a good fit because they don't fit everybody's face. Yeah, not everybody in America can get you, Monona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I okay. Did that help? I I wanted to know: is it an elastic strap or a tie strap? Oh, it's elastic, and it has to have enough pressure to, to really pull that up tight to your face. And if it doesn't fit, if it isn't right for your mat, your face, there's nothing you can do. It, it just won't okay. work. So it has okay. to really seal to the face. Okay. Right. Thank you so much for your call. In my, in my case, I have one of them, and it seams up my glasses so that I... I when I go to the supermarket, I can't see what I'm trying to buy. But that's a well, whole that's other matter. Probably an indication that your breath is going up alongside your nose uh -huh. instead of going through the mask. So that's bad. Yeah, that means you probably don't have a fit. Oh, great! Now you tell me. Okay, let's take another call. Bai, you're on the air. Hi, how are you, Antonio in the Bronx? Yes, go um, ahead, Tony. Say speedy recovery to your husband. Uh, some positive energy there. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, We're all pulling for I had heard something. I don't have the study or the documentation in front of me, but I heard it on a radio show that the 1918 flu that came out, or the one that was after that, I'm not sure exactly, one of those, there was no air travel. Uh, it was when There was no air travel, uh, not with conventional planes and commercial travel. And what they found is with that flu and pandemic that broke out, uh, there were people who got a variant of it, and it infected people in Kansas City. And then I believe it was South Africa or something like that within a week to 10 days or two weeks. And that was an impossibility that it was spread because people couldn't travel. So what they contended and said was that there's something to do with the technology of radio, microwave, radar, no. and now 4G and 5G component nah. to this that activates this or aggravates no. it or um, no, no. What or, you have, you have, you you have a little strand of RNA that makes up a virus, and it keeps breaking apart and making two and do and repeating that over and over and over and over and over, and it makes mistakes. And very often, it can make the same mistake in two different locations in the world. And that's what you have there. You do not have some weirdness. It's just, it's just this is very, very expected. This has always happened, and it always will, and, and there's nothing odd about it. In fact, wasn't there a, a department that was set up if in case something like this happened, that was then eliminated when President Trump became president? Yes, he cut that. There was a pandemic uh, panel. Even though we didn't, even though there was no knowledge of a, of a, a COVID-19 pandemic oh, coming. They knew it was coming. Everybody they did. knew it was coming. Of course. We all, everybody in this field knew sooner or later one of these flus. We've had the bird flu and the pig flu and the yada da yada da. Sorry. I mean, we've just been lucky time after time. But sooner or later, we knew we were going to get one that was airborne. 
And that's what happened. So, I mean, it was just, you know, this was just inevitable. So that's why they had these panels set up. And that's why Europe didn't dismantle theirs. And they were a lot more prepared than we were. We have a lot more calls, and I have a, a whole slew of questions. But uh, I want everyone to know that you're listening to Leonard Lopate at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM, stri- streaming live at WBAI.org. American city, you will find it very pretty. Just two things of which you must beware. Don't drink the water and don't breathe the air. Pollution, pollution, they got smog and sewage and mud. Turn on your tap and get hot and cold running crud. We're back with industrial hygienist Monona Russell, president and founder of Arts, Crafts and Theater Safety. Uh, also the, the health and safety officer of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees and author of Pick Your Poison, How Our Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All, which is published by Wiley. I understand, Minona, before we get to another call, I just want to ask you about this. I understand that, that President Biden's COVID team requested your paper on vent- on ventilation systems what? for schools. Was that what? something that... that nice? Excuse me? Yeah. Well, that's, Was that a, some... that's a real, yeah, it's an interesting story because it doesn't end there. Um, what happened was, and this was in the middle of December, December uh, 10th, they, someone from the AFT, read the national AFT in Washington, read my um, paper and said, can you do that for schools? So I did, and then they published it under their heading, Bulletin 19, um, Ventilation Basics, and they said we had to do this fast because... The Biden transition team was was anxiously awaiting it. So I felt pretty good about that. A month later, I get a call from the AFT and they uh, the email from the EFT. And they said, we had to pull it because a lot of teachers said, we'll never get our schools open if we have to meet those standards. And I said, well, if they can't meet those minimum standards, they should fucking close the school. Well, pardon me. They should close the schools. So if, uh, well, if we, So right now... The, the paper is primarily for, for the film industry, but we have the school version and we distribute it ourselves. Okay, well, let's take an, uh, another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hi, this is uh, Jim. I want Hi, to Jim. Make a, I want to make a statement about the mask, but just quickly. A friend of mine recuperated from the virus and uh, they recommended that in three months she get a, a vaccine, just a side point. Hello? Yeah, where, I'm yeah. here. Oh, oh, I thought of you. Anyway, it's about the mask. I thought I was the only one in the country that knew you needed an N95 mask to prevent yourself from getting <laughs> the virus. All these masks that people are wearing only prevent you from giving the, the virus. I wear a mask that prevents me from getting it, and it also prevents yeah. me from giving it. But if I don't get it, I don't have to worry about giving it. Just amazing. This is the first, your yeah. guess is the first one I've heard in, in the, in, uh, since the, uh, things started. You need an N95 mask. Mine, well, the one I have is what a Noisha N O I S H. There's an inner layer, a filter layer, an antiviral layer, an outer layer, and it's treated with unique copper zinc ion activated oh, with citric please. acid. Uh, oh, and uh, treat on the outside to further 
you know, filter the viruses. <laughs> so you don't need all of that in Monona? No, 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 no. When, 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 you put, when you put the virus on a zinc or a copper surface, instead of lasting for several days, it dies after four hours. Is that going to help you in a mask grow up? No, this is just another way of making money. You, you can't kill the virus with the mask. It ain't going to happen. The mask is just pulling little particles through, and they aren't in contact with those fibers long enough for them to be any kind of problem to them at all. So, you know, that's just all bogusness. The only thing you can do is wear an N95 that really captures them, and they, they, they get stuck in there, and then you pitch it out and throw them away. I, that's so, really Monona, the only strategy that works. Monona, I don't have an N95. I do have a bunch of masks that I wear, and I wash them. Uh, I haven't come down with the illness. Am I, have I just been lucky? Yep. So when I go to yep. the supermarket, I've just not passed a person who could transmit it to me? That's right. Well, boy. Or, you, or whatever they transmitted was below whatever the inoculum is. And we don't really know what that inoculum is. And it may be different for the different varieties as well. Inoculum means the number of viruses that you have to inhale to get the disease. And that varies from disease to disease. And this, the inoculum for this disease is not known. But we do know that some of these variants, uh, the inoculum is a lot lower. It's probably you, you, much smaller, yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank so you for your call. All... Go ahead, finish, Monona. Yeah, this, so this is... Well, I mean, we're just learning, and, it, 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 and as fast as we learn something, then we got to learn something else because that is now quite, you know, <laughs> it's it's very if if you're if you're intellectually inclined, even with the horror of all of this, it is certainly not boring. Well, we keep on getting mixed messages. The Times just published an article a few days ago that said that the CDC recommends opening schools but closing down indoor dining mm. bars and gyms. Um, oh God! And, and a yeah, lot of they, they, a lot they, of teachers are very upset by that. Yeah, well, they, they they play number games, and they you know they they don't they, they, they it's all political at this point. You know, they're trying to figure out who they can pacify, and who, I, you know, I just it, it the the bottom line is you're not safe in any of those places. Some of them it, they open the schools when they figure that the rate of transmission in the school is not as high as it is out in the community. Well, yeah, but that's not zero. You know, it, 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 it's just, it's, it's arbitrary. And well, if, um, the real, if all the real teachers, thing is you just, you know, lock down and find ways to, to do things virtually and, and, and try to let the bug not have a access to us. If all teachers and staff are vaccinated, would that make it safe? Since on the whole, oh, yeah. children don't That's seem to get point. sick, even if they're infected, although they they might bring it home to their families. Well, yeah, but they, not, the real problem is not the little bit that might bring home on their clothes or something like that. That, 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 that might, it, it, it's theoretically possible, but the real, real, real explosive thing is when they carry it in their body, and now when they breathe out, mm. they are just throwing out all these particles that are laden with the virus. That's that's the real issue, the big one. It doesn't mean it's impossible not to get it the other ways, but it's much more likely 
that what what is what is dangerous is somebody who's in actually infected. And we don't even know yet if the vaccines prevent transmission. On top of that, uh, the Johnson and Johnson one-shot vaccine that everybody was hoping for appears to be less effective than was hoped. Yeah, well, we're going to see all kinds of stuff like that because the only way we're going to know is after we start giving it to a lot of people and start looking at the data. I mean, you know, they, they, the tests involve up to 2 million people sometimes. The, um, the first virus, um, the first um, vaccine, they, there's 1.8 million people they tested before they got approval. Um, and, and that's why when people started the anti-vaccine set, uh, there were 1.8 million test cases, and in there there were 21 cases of anaphylaxis, and they all survived. And yet we have people saying the vaccine is more dangerous than the bug. And in that period, of course, there were so many deaths from the virus. I mean, there's something wrong with people's ability to handle numbers, and I think that includes the CDC. Um, because it, what, what we really shouldn't be saying is now it's safe to open a school. No, it's not safe to open schools. Uh, you don't have as great a risk there as you might have if you go to the supermarket. Okay, if that's fine with you, Mazuka. But mm. don't, you know, don't play the numbers games like that and, and, and talk about it's safe to go to school now. It's not safe anywhere. <laughs> and, and we really need to get that in our heads. Should we take another call? Our number, by the way, 212-209-2877. That's 212-209-2877. BAI, you're on the air. Hello? Yes, hi. Hey, how you doing, guys? Um, first time caller. Um, very happy to be uh, have my call uh, heard, especially during this time. Um, and thank you for being here and disseminating such uh, important information. Um, I had a two-part question, one uh, in your in your field, uh, which was about the air quality in uh, a gym. Uh, what would it take for like air quality to meet your satisfaction for especially like uh, kids in the city who have limited options to do something outdoors or to get some type of physical exercise, how, how can they go about doing that? And the second part to that would be... Uh, wait, wait, look, can I add to that a bit? Can I add to that a bit? Because uh, kids uh, get a lot more from school than instruction, which they can get uh, if they have a computer, but there are social interactions, sports, there are also free lunches that are also considered important aspects of our educational system. Um, and and uh, it seems almost impossible to find ways to provide all of those benefits safely. But go ahead, finish your, what you were saying. And Monona, yeah, include two. that in your answer, please. Yeah, I got part yeah. one. Now we got to get part two. So part two was um, referring to the mask, so the N95 mask. Um, are there any mask that you could probably refer to or suggest what it would take to have a mask that reaches the uh, N95 standards and would not be so 
labor-intensive on our respiratory system and breathing, especially if you're in some high cardio activity like running or something that uh, these kids might try to engage in. Okay, good questions. Um, your first one is, in, is, is an indoor gym, and that is a very, very difficult situation because when people exercise, when they strain themselves, they yeah. breathe out a great deal more air and a great deal more um, particles. So it, it takes, whereas ordinarily in a school setting where people are just sitting at desks, we would accept as low as six air changes per hour and a, and a MERV-17 or HEPA filter in the system. But for a gym, it's got to be higher because you've got such activity levels and you're putting out so much more of the of the virus. So you'd probably want to be climbing up to, you know, like eight, nine air changes per hour, which is expensive to do because you're heating and cooling a lot of air. So um, we've, in, in, in theater and film, we're really doing those kinds of activities outdoors whenever possible. We're filming dance outside. We're filming all those kinds of activities that take a lot of energy and effort and, and, and athleticism. Because indoors, wow, you really have to have terrific ventilation. As for an N95, here's the problem. You really can't get good filtering without a bit of resistance. You just, there is no mask that's going to capture properly that doesn't have some resistance. So, and I do not recommend N95s for people who are doing track. <laughs> you're gonna, huh, you're you're gonna put yourself in the hospital for a whole other reason. So these are not meant for for athletic activities at all. The, the athletic activity has to be really reconsidered and thought about in a way that there's separation between people and as much of it outdoors as possible, because it is not responsive either to ventilation unless the rates are very high or to masks because there's going to be so much resistance to a mask that really works so you're you're kind of asking a question that doesn't have a good answer hmm. but in film we find find a way to do it outside well not in the snow oh hell yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your call Let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hi, how are you? Okay. Um, I just had so a far. question. Uh, I want to say, <laughs> there's a virus out there that's going to kill you, and it's so deadly. Really, pandemic has spread like mad fire, and so many people are dying. Yet the CDC says only 6% actually die from the virus, right? But then... The people that are working with COVID, it's so deadly. They have to live in a bubble suit. But an N95 mask will save you. Double it off. That'll help you even better. you got to be in the twilight zone. And I heard you say that you were in charge of, like, air production in movies. And then, and then Biden's picking you to do something about the circulation in schools. So you're talking about a moneymaker? You just got promoted as a black woman who's saying to be elderly. So you're like a token, perfect token to fit into his gay cabinet, his woman cabinet, his black cabinet. So, I mean, you are the epitome of what's wrong with the virus. You get attention, you get money, you get what you want, and everybody else is getting double money. I would like to see where that is. (laughs) (laughs) 
Minota, you're just raking it in, I'll bet. Oh, man, I'm really raking it in. I am. I. <laughs> oh, my God. There yeah. are a lot of people out there who see this whole thing as a conspiracy for people to make money. Uh, and uh, I, 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 and, and people are dying, so I don't know what to do about that. My husband just barely survived, okay? We had the full treatment with the siren and the whole works. He, his, his respiratory system just suddenly crashed. And if I, have, if, if I can still manage to be laughing and still managing to deal with it, you know, just figure that maybe it's better than sitting there and being a mold. I mean, I'm really trying to make a difference, and I've run a small nonprofit. I have I live from hand to mouth like everybody else does. Um, it's just it's it's ridiculous. I'm not making anything on this, anything more than my ordinary consulting fees. Let's take another call. Bai, you're on the air. Yes, I'm calling back. I wanted to make a second point. I hung up too early. In addition to masks, uh, what about, you know, I think there's something to be said for fortifying uh, one's internal immune system with uh, targeted supplementation. And there are many studies showing the uh, effects of vitamin D as protective, protective against uh, COVID, as well as the reducing the severity if one happens to contract COVID. And there Wait, are vitamin G? Or C? A D. D as in D. David. But okay, D3. Okay. And D3, yes. And also N-acetylcysteine. I mean, there are a lot of supplements that have shown to improve immunity. So uh, one's internal environment might also be considered in fortifying oneself, not just with the masks, but, uh, you know, improving the immune system. So I wonder if that is Minona? part of your consideration. Well, uh, I... I... I just don't pay any attention to that stuff because there's also some very interesting studies showing that people who take vitamin supplements don't live as long as people who do. I mean, people, now you tell me I take them. Oh uh, yeah, I mean it's it's it's, it's, it's again not not a huge proven thing, I, and I, and I, I, it's not really relevant to me. I've been a vegetarian since 1960, and if you just eat vegetables and stuff like that, you you do pretty well. So I, I don't worry about all of that, and, and um, I did manage to do fairly well with the bug and, and an assist from an antibody infusion. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, that, that people feel better when they feel they're doing something, but I'm not sure all of that really works that well. Well, could, let me throw in this idea, that if you have a healthy diet, you're likely to uh, keep your health, you know, do better yeah. for your health. It doesn't guarantee anything, but it's better to have a healthy diet than to have an unhealthy diet. That's, that's what I do. I eat good stuff. Okay, let's take another call. BAI, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, thank you for your information, and it's it's really scary. You're the only one that I've heard say these things about masks. So I have two questions. Number one, do the shields do anything at all? And number two, oh, I mean, if you can't get an N95 mask, what's what's the second choice? Your second choice is two two layers of cloth and keeping your distance from people and following all those other rules. And Wash just hope hands. you've been, you know, hope you're lucky because mm -hmm. you just have to know that the mask is primarily 
to protect other people. It cannot stop the really small aerosol particles. It just cannot do it. So you you are vulnerable when you wear uh, those those masks. Okay. Let's uh, get another call. I, I I we're kind of running out of time. I'll try to sneak one or two more in if we make them brief. BAI, you're on the air. Is that me? You. Okay, thank you. I would like to know how come it is the name the Corona, and can you test surfaces? Like they tell us to wash everything pure. Can you test surfaces and see Corona through your testing? All right, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Monona? Well, I think they call it Corona because of how it looks. It yeah. looks like a Corona. You know, when you see the Corona around a, 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 an eclipse, with all those little spiky things coming out yeah. and so on. So I think that's just the, the coronavirus just is... is is a name that applies to to the to the this class of viruses that look. Is like it this. isn't the common cold a coronavirus a variant? Yeah, there's a number of coronaviruses. Yeah, this it's not the only one. Okay, we uh, don't have a lot of time. I'm going to sneak one more caller in. Bai, you're on the air. Yes. Hello. Go Hello? ahead. Make it quick, please. Yes. I would like to inject some physics into the conversation. The N95 mask. Uh, collects water particles. The water particles evaporate very, very quickly. So, and the viral particle still is there. The viral particle is 0.12 microns. The mask stops 0.3 microns. So the N95 mask does nothing, absolutely nothing. There's absolutely no reason for people, the general public, to be wearing masks. And this nonsense Ooh. should I'm end. Not... Okay, thank you for your call. Thank you for your call. Um, I, and good luck. And good luck, okay? And hold your breath when you meet people, please. If you, if you, if you're, if you're, Listeners really want to see how, how an N95 uh, works. I'll send you guys a, a link to a little video that explains the physics, since he was interested in physics. And I use it in training all the time, and it really shows why the 0.3 micron particle is so difficult. It does a real good job of co collecting particles that are smaller than 0.3 and a real good job of collecting particles larger than that, but it's that middle range that is difficult for masks to capture. And well, it's a there's, issue. there's also the, the super spreader events where people didn't wear masks and were more likely right. to come down with uh, COVID-19. But we've run out of time, and uh, we, that debate will have to wait for the future. Again, my thanks to you, Monona Russell, president and founder of Arts, Crafts, and Theater Safety, and also the, the health and safety officer of Local 829 of the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees and uh, author of Pick Your Poison, How a Mad Dash to Chemical Utopia is Making Lab Rats of Us All, published by Wiley. I look forward to your next visit, which I hope will be uh, in a month or so. Cool. If we're all that here. That works for me. All okay. Right. Stay well. And that brings us to the end of today's show. Special thanks to segment producer Barbara Kahn, who, produced, who prepared today's interview. And many thanks as well 
to Reggie Johnson, our live engineer, and to my executive producer, Jesse Lent, for all of the important work that they do throughout the week. If you're new to our program and would like to hear more, and you, you can access past shows streaming on demand at WBAI.org. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and uh, anywhere else that podcasts are available. And you can find links to all of our past shows on our website, LeonardLopateAtLarge.com. And if you'd like to comment on any of our shows or if you'd like to say hello, my email address is LeonardLopate at WBAI.org. Before I sign off today, uh, I'd like to take just a few minutes to ask you for your support for this station. If you care about Leonard Lopate at Lodge and all the other great programs on WBAI, we need your help to keep it all going. So I hope that you will step up right now and make a contribution at whatever level you're comfortable with by going online to give to WBAI.org or by calling 516-620-3602 right now to keep the unique in-depth content we bring you on this program alive. And and we especially need your help now more than ever because of this pandemic. It's made our financial situation quite difficult. So we're asking everyone who tunes in regularly to Leonard Lopate at large and is financially able to go to our website, give to WBAI.org, or to call 516-620-3602 to help keep this show and this station on the air. And one great way to show your support without having to lay out a lot of money at any one time is to become a sustaining member, what we call a BAI buddy. Listeners who contribute $10, 15 20 30 whatever, to keep us running and to show their support for what we do on this show. It's a great way to spread out your support throughout the year while giving WBAI a stable base of support by having that monthly amount deducted from your checking account, credit card, whatever's easiest for you. Of course, you can cancel any time. Many of your fellow listeners have already done this, which is why we're still here. Listeners like Vincent Childs of Plainview, New Jersey, Joseph Josephson of Flushing, New York, Vincent, Jacob, thank you so much for supporting what we do here on the show. But whatever level you're comfortable with donating at, the important thing is that like Vincent and Jacob, you do so right now and show your support so we can continue to bring you these in-depth interviews with people we hope you'll find engaging for an hour. One last time, the number is 516, oh no, is uh, 516-620-3602 or go online to give to WBAI.org. And please make sure to do that in the name of Leonard Lopate at large. Uh, on Monday's show, we'll, we'll have Israeli historian and journalist Gershom Gorenberg, who will discuss his latest book, War of Shadows, Codebreakers, Spies, and the Secret Struggle to Drive the Nazis from the Middle East. Have a great weekend. See you then.